and your journey towards the dark side will be complete. Once again, Bucketheads, Mavar Tigar. Welcome to another audaciously animated episode of Mandavision. Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. How the heck are y'all doing? Remember, the best way to reach out to us is, of course, via social media. We are at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show at MandavisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. How is everyone doing? I asked the question once again because, again, it's it's we're coming off of May the 4th for 2023. We got a, a, a bunch of new uh, merch, I guess is the best way to describe it. You know, a ton of new Star Wars gear, uh, toys, action figures, collectibles, art, all kinds of things uh, uh, debuted, hit the market. Did anybody pick up anything cool? I guess is what I want to know. Uh, I'll answer the question first. <laughs> no, I haven't yet. Uh, just some bad timing on, on my part. I was like, ooh, money's a little tight at this particular moment in time. But there's a couple things that caught my eye. Uh, I recently picked up my first uh, Star Wars uh, uh, shirt from, from from Roosevelt's. And it's super cool. If you've not picked up one of their, their uh, I think it's pronounced the Kunuflex t- uh, shirts... They have like the button-down shirts that they have in Star Wars prints. They're freaking cool. They're freaking awesome. Worth checking out. But they are—they're—they're they're not cheap. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I thought seventy bucks was a bit steep for one for one of their shirts, but it is of uh, top-tier quality. So, and they put—they put a bunch of really cool ones for May the Fourth that, that I, I have my eye on. A couple of them uh, once I roll some quarters and pennies to be able to pay for it. So so that might be coming soon to my, my wardrobe. Well to be determined though. We'll keep uh, I'll keep you all posted. I'm sure you're you're dying to find out if I buy a new Star Wars t shirt in the in the immediate future. Um, otherwise I hope everyone had a great May the fourth. 
Uh, have you finished watching Star Wars Visions yet? I haven't. <laughs> so that's why today we're only going to be talking about the first three uh, episodes of Volume 2 of Star Wars Visions. Volume 2. And and I'll be honest, I uh, uh, like I said, May the 4th kind of dropped at an interesting time. Not just financially, but as far as my schedule went uh, as it relates to work. And basically, you know, with it dropping on a Thursday with my current work schedule, uh, uh, Thursday is essentially my Monday. And it's a very, very busy, hectic day to get, get things going. A little hard to sit there and watch all nine episodes of Star Wars Visions. I know some people did it. They knocked it out right away. And, and kudos to you. More power to you. Uh, but that was not in the cards for me. So uh, I, I, I've had limited opportunity uh, over the last five days to get all of Visions under my belt. But I have watched the first three episodes. And I have to say, uh, I really am enjoying this uh, season, if you want to use that word of Visions so far because uh, I, I think it was a really good idea to expand the animation pool uh, to, to include studios that are based just all around the globe and, and give it a more worldly feel, you know, to, just to kind of show uh, how Star Wars impact, has impacted and influenced artists around the world and, and, and what they do and what they bring to their countries as far as that, that style and that flair goes. So, Again, these first three episodes, uh, I, I'm looking forward to talking about, but I, I do have to admit, and, and if you remember our, our talk last year when we did when we did the first volume of Visions, is I, I am not uh, a, a, an animation aficionado by any stretch. I can't go into any detail uh, about the history or, or, or what these studios are best known for. Uh, it's not my forte. It's not my cup of tea. It, it's 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 all new to me, and I think that that's a really nice kind of change of pace for, for me as a Star Wars fan because so much of Star Wars uh, is, 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 is the known, is the familiar, is things I have experienced. Uh, so to, to get these new looks at things, these new, again, visions of Star Wars through the eyes of these animators and through these animation studios that are, that are, that are around the globe, uh, it, it, for me it provides a really refreshing take on, on Star Wars material. Uh, it's not burdened by, by continuity or canon or, or any of these other things that we spend so much time talking about here on this podcast. And I, again, I, I'll say the word refreshing because it is kind of cool to be able to just sit down and watch something that is, you know, Star Wars in every sense of the word, but is uniquely different from anything else we've seen before with Star Wars associated with it. Um, I thought the first volume of, of Visions was, was good. There's highs and lows on it. I'm sure volume two will have highs and lows in it. But I do have to say, uh, the first three episodes I, I liked quite a bit, and I think part of it is because of those very different animation styles that were in place. You know, Volume One, uh, very, very obviously, very Japanese influenced. You know, the the anime look of a lot of it uh, permeated that first volume, and it was that made it cool in, in its own right. Uh, but this is a, this is a different beast this time around, and we're getting multiple ways, multiple types of animation. Uh, that is vastly different from one episode to the next. And again, so I, I can't get into the technicality of all that. I can't comment on the particulars on the, on that sort of animation style that each episode uses. It's it's just not my wheelhouse. It's not my comfort zone. But we can talk about those stories. We can talk about what's on the screen. And and that's what we're going to do. So, uh, you know, <laughs> you're going to get an, a, a person who has admitted to not knowing a much, a much about animation uh, talking about animation, so so brace yourself. This could be 
uh, a fun couple of episodes <laughs> as we work our way through volume two of Star Wars Visions. So <laughs> just keep that in mind. But I, one thing I do feel qualified to talk about is Star Wars. So on that front, I think we're all going to be good. Uh, so if anybody out there in the audience is an animation expert, uh, if you are uh, uniquely familiar with the studios doing these these uh, uh, installments on Visions Volume 2, uh, reach out, let me know, uh, and, and, and kind of help educate me more on what these studios are known for, what they what they bring to the table as far as the way they tell stories and things like that, because I'd, I'd love to know. I've done, I've done some light reading uh, on, on a little bit of, of each of the studios involved, but not enough that I feel... Uh, informed enough to to really uh, sound off with with any sort of uh, 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 confidence. Again, I don't want to. I don't. This 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 podcast is about me expressing my Star Wars love and and trying to sound like a a, a fake pseudo intellectual about animation that I don't know that I don't follow uh, is 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 about as as is about as disingenuous as it can get. So I'm not gonna try. We're gonna stay in our lane of integrity. And just admit that like we don't know that much about animation, <laughs> and and we're gonna roll with it. But we we do know a lot about Star Wars, and that's what we're gonna talk about. So, that being said, it is time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. Just did the castle run in twelve parsecs. <coughs> Not if you round down, buddy. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> The first episode in Star Wars uh, Visions Volume 2 is titled Sith. Its original air date was May the 4th, 2023. It's written and directed by Rodrigo Blas from Studio El Guerri. Excuse me, my goodness. That, I practiced that word so many times and it came out much easier than it actually did when I recorded. So that's, that's on me. <laughs> El Guerri, I think, is the correct pronunciation of that. Uh, and that's a studio based out of Spain. So I think that's pretty darn cool. Our plot for this installment, a former Sith apprentice leading a peaceful but isolated life is confronted by the past when her old droid, I'm sorry, when her old master tracks her down. We're off to a rough start, folks. I, I sincerely apologize. Uh, our voice cast for this episode is pretty straightforward. It's uh, Ursula Cabero as Lola and Luis, Luis Tosar as Sith Master. Pretty straightforward stuff. Uh, we are introduced to Lola in this episode uh, as a as a as a character who she's she's I guess we could title her something as like the repentant Sith, right? She's walked away from that lifestyle. She's trying to 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 express herself through art now. Uh, something happened to her in the past. She has a cybernetic right arm. Uh, again, you would think that maybe was the moment that that. that Awakened her or opened her eyes to the idea that the that the the path of the Sith was not the path for her. What really stands out to me with this episode, um, aside from the little droid E two, which might be my new favorite droid uh, in Star Wars, because that that droid E two is awesome, and I would love to see that droid crossover somehow into the main canon, into the main uh, the, the lore of Star Wars. That E two droid is awesome <laughs> and and i almost I, I almost gasped when when it looked like the sith master was about to, to, to rip that droid into a billion little pieces um because that droid is rad it's so cool but this episode's art uh you're gonna hear me say this a lot about these first three episodes uh but 
it's a visually striking style. It's very dynamic, very fluid. And I think what really helps this episode excel is it's a really kind of intense color palette that they use throughout the episode. Uh, particularly once Lola and her, her former Sith Master engage in conflict and the way that the vibrant animation uh, just like, explodes from the background around them as they fight. Uh, it's, it's a really just a, a stunning visual and it's beautiful to look at. It, it, it renders the action in a, in a very unique format. And I, I couldn't get enough of it. I was very taken by what they were doing with, a, with this sort of like art exploding around every time their lightsabers clashed. Uh, it was really just awesome. I thought it was really, really cool. And again, that color palette uh, sort of used to underline the fact that Lola's trying to change her path, right? Like she's, we opened the episode with her trying to do things with, with the Force and, and, and trying to uh, do beautiful things with it, but uh, but that that darkness that's in her sort of corrupts and corrodes, and it's not until uh, she learns to embrace the darkness that the darkness is part of the art, the part of her life, that she's able to express it in these these beautiful, colorful, vibrant, bright ways. That that you know, for for there to be darkness, there must be light, and vice versa. It, it's it's again, it, it it hits on a lot of things that Star Wars has done well in the past, uh, but the visual presentation on this particular aspect and in this particular story is, is striking. I really did enjoy it. Uh, it, I, it, I would be fascinated it, to go back and know more about, about the Lola character. I, I, I found this all very, very cool. The Sith master character rendered beautifully, intensely, hauntingly. Uh, he, 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 he strikes terror when you see him, the way he drags his lightsaber blade on the ground, you know, causing those sparks to shoot off the ground. It's so cool. Just a just a great touch of of you know adding some real serious menace to the character, and again very visually striking. You know, sort of reminds me of some of the Sith Lords we had met through the years uh, in the, in the Old Republic video game series from Bioware, and and again it's it's a short one. It's like fifteen minutes long, like most of the episodes in this season. Uh, so you kind of get to the point of things really really quickly. Whatever themes and 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 story elements are trying to get to. They cover very, very quickly. But this is also a, a sort of a sparse episode, right? Like, it's not uh, packed with a lot of, like, dense dialogue. It's not trying to... Um, it's not trying to do too much. It, 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 it knows the story it wants to tell, it, and it tells it very effectively. It, the visuals convey the story and what they want to do uh, insanely well. I, I really liked this opening chapter. I thought it was very, very, very well executed. And again, the colors alone is what caught my eye. That is what sort of seared into my brain. They do the darks, you know, the, the blacks and the reds for the Sith very, very well. But it's those moments of intense color, like, like oranges and purples and things like that, that explode across the screen, uh, across the screen and really uh, sort of sear themselves into your, into your brains. Uh, and it's very well executed. I enjoyed this one quite a bit. I thought this was a strong start to the season. And again, it's, yeah, I mean, this is what you want. Like, you know, they did this last year when Volume 1 kicked off and it opened with The Duel, which was probably still my favorite of the batch from Volume 1. But that was a great way to start the series, right? Like, you get, you get something pretty intense, pretty eye-opening visually, and, and something, uh, this is a unique interpretation of Star Wars lore to kick off your run 
through the rest of the of those episodes in volume one. The, I think this does a very similar thing. Uh, it, it, and were it not for the fact that I had a, a fairly intense work schedule, uh, I, I probably would have cruised through all nine, nine of these episodes uh, before <laughs> before I, I had to do anything else. That, that would have been the dream. It just didn't pan out. <laughs> so, yeah, check out the check out Sith. I think it's a very, very unique episode uh, and very, very cool. Great visuals, great colors, and E2 kind of steals the show, in my opinion. I love that little droid so, so much. It might be my favorite new droid since, since, uh, since BD-1, right? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later, though. All right. <laughs> Good one. Check it out. I give this opening installments nine buckets. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. For the second episode of Volume 2 of Star Wars Visions, we have an episode titled Screechers Reach. This is done by, uh, the studio is Cartoon Saloon. They're based out of Ireland. Uh, we have a, uh, what, what is, our, what is our, our, our plot for this one? A, okay, <laughs> a young girl seeking reprieve from her days in a rural workhouse discovers a legendary haunted cave with her friends. The cave's dark pull will change the trajectory of her life forever. Our voice cast for this episode Eva Whitaker, Alex Connolly, Noah Rafferty, Molly McCann, Angelica Houston, and Niyama Moyles. Uh, that, that, that's something I should comment too on here. These first three episodes, with very, very rare exception, uh, I, I have, have not heard of anybody in the voice casts for, for these, these specials. I would imagine that in most cases they are, are, are sort of um, local to where the studios are, people that maybe the studios work with in the past. Uh, you know, and, and Angelica Houston obviously being the exception of someone I, I have heard of. So there you go. This episode uh, written directed by Paul Young. And uh, let's I, – I, I, visually a, a very different episode from what we saw in Sith uh, as far as – I know I think, I think Sith may have had a little bit of a, of a CG animation thing going on. Perhaps not. Again, I'm not an expert. I'm just – Using my eyeballs here, uh, this had much more of a like a watercolor feel to a lot of it. Uh, really great use of of, of shadow and light. Uh, the animation is haunting in in a, in a sense, and it really lends itself to the story they're trying to tell of of this group of kids who uh, the plot says they work in a in a in a, a workhouse. Um, I feel like that's generous because whatever wherever they are. Definitely felt like you know child labor, and again that could be a workhouse too. But I sort of wondered if I, it, it sort of feels like maybe there's like a, a version of an imperial presence here, uh, forcing these children into labor. It's a little unclear though. There 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 are things that are visually reminiscent of some of the the imperial war machine, but it's not overt here. Yeah, you know, there's not a lot of, of 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 obviousness in it. You know, they're just a, a far removed planet. And this is just sort of the society, the culture that these kids grow up in. And when one of these these children wants to rebel, wants to get away from this, wants to escape this, uh, and they, they feel the call, they feel the pull to this haunted cave called Screechers Reach. Uh, and, and they're going to go see a ghost. And, you know, it's Star Wars, so I think we have a good idea. You know, we, we have a familiarity with haunted caves. We've been to one on Dagobah. We, we know that these things uh, may have something to do with the Force. And, and while... This cave is, is different from the Dagobah cave in many instances because it is haunted by an actual presence as opposed to being a sort of repository for, for dark side power. Um, it, you get a very 
the cave lends itself to atmosphere, right? It gives it a real haunted house feel in a Star Wars piece of animation. Uh, I think I mentioned before this is sort of a that that that, that they use sort of a watercolor esque palette uh, of, of colors for the backgrounds for the splashes. The animation is gorgeous, but it is is a stark contrast to what we saw in in Sith, and I, I like that change up. I like that going from sort of and again I this may be not be the exact correct you know uh, uh, reference, but from going from one side of the spectrum to another side of the spectrum. Uh, gives us a, a, a it 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 cleanses the palette in a visual sense in, in a very unique fashion. Uh, the the animation is is both familiar yet new and different and exciting. Uh, and again, it it has a certain energy to it, particularly when they get into the cave and when we're dealing with the force presence in the cave. Uh, the, the animation becomes a, a, a dark and sinister, but also just full of energy. And is is very cool to look at, you know that 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 we'll call it a ghost. We'll call it like like the force apparition of the cave is rendered in such a way that it it is pretty intense and pretty scary. Uh, the, the 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 main the, the crux of the story is basically it's, it's a coming of age sort of thing, you know, shaking off the the shackles of what you know in the past to find a no, new future for yourself. Uh, this one it turns it, it sort of turns the traditional coming of age story. Uh, on its ear, and 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 I'll, I'll I'll loop that around to, you know, if we go back to episode four, and you know when we really break down the 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 script of of episode four, and and basically a four, five, and six in a sense, for Luke Skywalker, it is very emblematic of Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey. And we all we all know this. Lucas has talked about this uh, uh, endlessly, and it's it's you know kind of just the way it is right it's it's film school 101 stuff it it's 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 great it's classic it it's it's awesome where they turn it on its ear in this one is where it ends uh where it's it's not necessarily the hero's journey it's like this this character this young, this young girl so desperate to escape her situation so uh a, a willing to to do what it takes to get away from where she is and that she'll go to the dark side to get away, that she'll follow the path of the Sith to get away from the life she has. And she will leave her friends in behind. Uh, spoilers. <laughs> but it, it, it's a really nice piece of animation. I like the way it ends. It, it is, it is, it, it's got a real kind of sort of sinister underlying thing. But there's this, this, the story has this sort of sense of desperation to it too. The way, you know, when the girl first throws off her, 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 her work garments and it's like, I'm going to Screecher's Reach. I'm going to this haunted cave. You're coming with me. Because uh, uh, she's just done with it. She's done with this life that she has. And and she's so done with it that she'll go. And, and again, she seems like a good person. She has this group of friends around her, this support system around her. But she'll forego all of it to escape where she's at. Uh, and that's a very different path than what we've seen in a lot of Star Wars stuff. So I really did appreciate uh, what they did with this story, the directions they took it. And and again, the the... the action sequences of this episode the uh force apparition level haunting that's happening in the, in the cave it, again it's just beautiful really really well done uh, uh, animations and and it's it's it sort of has a more visceral feel uh than the previous installment in, in sith and so uh that being said i i think this one might be right up there as as my favorite of the three i've seen so far 
I did really, really enjoy Sith. Uh, I love that exploding color palette. But this episode sort of brought some some sort of uh, a frenetic, kinetic energy that I really uh, appreciated and respected as far as their, their storytelling. And then when it sort of like flips on you and you realize that this person who's coming to get this little girl isn't a Jedi master, is, is, is a Sith, uh, it's, it's like, whoa, wait a second, what just happened here? That's, it, it, was, it was pretty wild, pretty intense. Uh, and and uh, again, just sort of underscores the, the desperation of this girl to escape her life, that she's willing to go down this path just to get away from where she is. Uh, wild, wildly intense stuff. I loved it. Really solid, solid episode and you know again we don't i try to avoid giving half buckets here but like it's, it's like nine and a half for me i really dig this episode quite a bit uh uh i think uh, what's holding it back i don't know i think the only reason why i held it back from from being a 10 is that i just haven't seen the rest of the of the installments so i don't know if anything's going to measure up to it uh, i may have to revisit that and give this a 10 i do really like this episode i think it's strong i, I think there's a lot to to get here and the, the sort of driving nature of the Force through the storyline, propelling this girl forward, uh, is, is sort of an element of the Force that we haven't necessarily seen explored uh, in, in, in great detail uh, through, at least through the visual mediums of, of TV and, and through, through cinema. We've had similar things in, in the novelizations uh, of, of, not in the novels, I should say, not novelizations. Uh, but in, in some of the, the novels of Star Wars, you, you sort of get this presence of, of the sense of the Force as this presence that drives and motivates and pushes. Not so much in the films and TV thus far, but this episode does a nice job of, of really uh, making that a thing. And I respect that. I think that's a really admirable uh, direction to go in and to, and to, again, sort of challenge our, our, our conceived, preconceived notions of Star Wars. Again, that, that's the, the, the fun, the appeal, the allure of this whole Vision series is to, is to kind of push our ideas of what Star Wars is and can be. And, and this is an episode I think does that very, very nicely. So check this one out for sure. Don't skip out on this one. It's, it's, it's a blast. I would like to see the baby. So for the third episode of Star Wars Visions Volume 2, we have In the Stars. This is by Studio Punk Robot out of Chile. Written and directed by uh, Gabriel Osorio Vargas. <laughs> I think I got that right. Our plot for this, this ep- installment. Two sisters, the last of their kind who live in hiding on their ravaged land, squabble about how to survive with the Empire encroaching. On a water run, the sisters must fight back when they are discovered. Uh, our ca- cast for this in- installment. Valentina Muir, Olivia Ovedia, Ovidio, uh, Kate Dickey and Amparo Nugura. And we switch visual styles in another very dramatic fashion in this installment as we, as we go to something something akin to uh, what I would consider to be stop motion. I don't know if it's done on a computer or not. I have no idea. Or if they're making uh, uh, models and, and moving them around and, and doing it the old-timey way. I have no idea. But it's very akin to stop motion. Uh, and, and we go to a planet... It, it, there's a lot in this episode that has the feel of Andor, right? Like the Imperial impression, the Empire swooping in to, to crush these people, to crush their way of life, to, and, and to steal their resources. In, the, in this case, uh, the water of the planet and, and, and all this natural life on this planet uh, because of the, the Imperial uh, a toxic machine. Uh, it, it, you know, the, sun, the, the sun and the stars are blotted out, uh, and the sun and the stars bring 
uh, uh, many of the, 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 the plant life alive and uh, uh, the way they express their art through these plants and through the colors they get from the flowers on the surface. Need, you need that starlight for the, for the magic to happen, right? And it, it's, it's the, way, the, way, the way they animate the artwork coming alive uh, in that opening sequence with the, with the rock and everything like that uh, is, is beautiful. It's, it's stunning stuff. It's, it's, it's wonderful and imaginative, and it, it, it gives us the exposition that we need to understand uh, these sisters, their situation, what happened with, with their mother when the Empire showed up, uh, and, and, and how their mother tried to lead a, a rebellion against the Empire coming to their planet. Uh, it's it's a really strong emotional story. There's a lot of really great things in it, um, and, and, and by and large, I like it. I, I I don't want to disparage it by any sense because I do like the message of this episode, the the artistic beauty of this episode, uh, and the stylistic uh, difference of this episode from anything we'd seen prior to this in in Star Wars. So in that in that regards, I do really like what's going on here. It to me, in my opinion, my this is my bugaboo. This is my Predilection. This is my uh, 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 quibble, my my nit to pick. This episode suffers from one thing and one thing only, and it's something that's sort of a a, a storytelling trope. Whenever you get into, into uh, uh, circumstances and situations like this, <laughs> this story suffers from what I like to call annoying kid syndrome, uh, where you have the 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 young child, uh, staunchly independent, fiercely. Uh, believes what they believe uh, and doesn't listen, doesn't follow the instructions of their wiser, more learned, uh, older sibling who's trying to protect them and keep them safe. (laughs) Now, again, for the sake of this episode and because it's Star Wars, these actions have, they they ultimately lead to uh, the demise of the Imperial presence on this planet, at least temporarily. Who's to say what the long-term ramifications and repercussions will will be for these people? Uh, and, and what's left of them. Because again, basically, these two sisters are all that's left. This is a, a dying dead species. This is sort of a, a genocide explored on an imperial level. Uh, and, and again, it, it doesn't go, to, it doesn't plumb those depths in, the, in, the, in, a, in, a, in a hyper mature fashion like you'd, you would see in a show like Andor that was sort of geared to explore these sort of things. Um, but you get you get the, the general sense that like this is a doomed people and a doomed species, and these two sisters are all that remains, and they will eventually die out. Um, <laughs> and it's sad. It, it, do not do not misunderstand. It is sad. But I can I I just have this thing about annoying kid syndrome, <laughs> and and <laughs> and I know that's on me. That is a me thing. I just I just can't stand the that 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 storytelling trope of the disobedient child. Uh, uh, kickstarting the events and the action that, that that drives the story forward. Now, again, there's still good stuff in it, and I, I really love the way the Imperial um, machine is rendered in this. Again, that stop motion that they're using, it's all very, very cool. It looks great. The uh, the Stormtroopers look cool as heck, and and I, I like so, so much of it. They, they do a lot of things really, really right. And th- but my only knock on it is that kid thing. If, if that kid wasn't so annoying and wasn't, didn't disobey her sister and follow her into the Imperial facility. Now, again, if she didn't do these things, it doesn't spur them into action. It doesn't spur them to resist, to rise up against, and to ultimately uh, 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 destroy this Imperial facility. Uh, so, again, you need that to happen. I understand how the story works. <laughs> I'm just saying... 
but again, if you can take take if you can look past that, if you can take that out of the equation, again, you have a really nice story of these two sisters coming together, honoring uh, their mother, honoring their people, and 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 putting an end to the imperial occupation on their planet. Now, again, it's a little straightforward. It's a little simple. Does the empire return, just rebuild, and, and do it all again? Who's to say? But for this moment, this is a nice victory for these two sisters, uh, as as they you know more than likely uh, uh, face eradication, you know, the end of their species as 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 they know it. It's not predetermined if these are a, a space going people, if they ever leave their world, if they even know about the other planets in the galaxy. None of that's up for. None, none of that's on the table for this story. It, it, it is straightforward, straight ahead, and at its core is, is about hope. And again, that is, that is the theme that Star Wars has adopted over the last 10 years, that Star Wars stories are about hope and keeping hope alive in the face of tyranny and oppression and, and genocide and all these different things. Uh, so in that regard, this story hits really, really hard and works really, really well. So I do enjoy it quite a bit i just wish they would stop making children so annoying <laughs> like we can move past this there's ways to write children in ways that they don't make me want to want to uh, uh pull my hair out or slap my own face um just a thought let's get past the annoying child part thing but i i really like this one i've seen some some uh, unjust criticism of the voice acting in, in this episode and I disagree with it completely I, I think the voice actors do a really nice job on, on this one again it is a story that again when you boil it down it is essentially the purest of Star Wars stories in, the, in that it is about hope and keeping hope alive in the face of overwhelming odds and and that it doesn't get more Star Wars than that so I give it eight buckets I do like it and I, I am a fan of the stop motion I'm a fan of the way they tell the story I'm a fan of the way they bring uh, the, the their their exposition, their backstory to life through the art on on that giant rock wall that they use. Uh, there, there's a lot of like little elements in this story that are, are so wonderfully done, so wonderfully executed. So so don't take my little quibbles uh, to to be anything bad. I think this is this is a, a very pure Star Wars story, and is definitely worth your time and consideration. So that being said, that is my thoughts on the first three episodes of Star Wars Visions Volume 2. I, I hope you will check them out. I know some people have been um, not keen on checking out Visions because it's not canon, it's not lore, it's not part of the mythology. But again, it's just really a lot of fun to see Star Wars through different lenses, to see Star Wars uh, through different cultures and, and, the, and the way they experience it, the way they process it, the way they view the material. Uh, in, in, in different ways, the way they, in the way they express their love for it in a different fashion than what we are accustomed to here uh, in, in America, in, in North America particularly. Uh, so that, that's fascinating to me. I really do enjoy that aspect of it. And, and, and taking, doing new takes on Star Wars is, is, is fun. I was, last night I was reading through the old Dark Horse uh, Infinities comic series. I was reading the... Um, their, ver their, their alternate history version of The Empire Strikes Back, where Luke dies on Hoth, and, and, and Han Solo is charged with, with uh, uh, going to Dagobah, right? But he doesn't know that he, what he's really doing. And he, Han thinks he's going there because he's going to learn how to be a Jedi, which that part doesn't make any sense. But once you get to Dagobah with Leia after the asteroid field scene, and you realize that, that it was all about getting Leia to Dagobah, 
and you're like, oh, well, this is going to be fun. <laughs> so, you know, new, new spins on, on the classics, new, but new ideas uh, in, infuse Star Wars with new life. And, and Star Wars needs to stay fresh. Star Wars needs to stay relevant. Star Wars needs to do things that provide alternative perspectives on things for a vast array of people because Star Wars is not a story central to, to North American lore. Star Wars is a global phenomenon. People around the world have embraced Star Wars. So to see how it has affected them as a people, to see how it has affected their cultures and their societies, and see that represented in Star Wars Visions through the animation studios of these different cultures and societies, I, I find it very enjoyable and very rewarding. So if you have not checked out Visions, I really encourage you to give it a shot. They're, they're 15 minutes long-ish, some a little more, some a little less, but they are uniquely Star Wars. Don't dispute that. You know, Again, not part of the mythology, not part of the canon, but that frees them to do very, very different things. Uh, and that is the uniqueness. That is the element that keeps it fresh and, and, and just fascinating to watch. So please check out Star Wars Visions Volumes 1 and 2. We'll be back very, very soon to continue going through um, Star Wars Visions Volume 2. I'm hoping to have 4, 5, and 6 next for you guys. Hopefully this week as well. I'd like to wrap up Visions because I'm really dying to get to get you guys the episodes uh, for Star Wars: The Clone Wars, but I wanted to finish Visions first. I wanted to kind of, I, I, I elected to hold back uh, the Star Wars rewatch, Star Wars: The Clone Wars rewatch episodes until I can, can complete Visions for you all, and then we'll go full force into the Clone Wars because again, I, the, we're we're going to Mandalore with Darth Maul. We got things to do. We got things to talk about. It's going to get intense. So, so buckle up. Keep your bucket on and buckle up. All right. That being said, <laughs> I am Tom, and this is the Men Division Podcast. Nargai Tom, FYI. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. It's always great that you, that you wonderful people, members of Buckethead Nation, take the time to support small independent Star Wars podcasts like us. We're so glad you're part of Buckethead Nation. Reach out to us on social media. We're at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. Email this podcast, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure to like, subscribe, and share the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. If you have the time and the inclination, whatever platform you're listening to, if they offer a, a review format, sweet, sweet, sweet five-star reviews. They help small shows like us uh, stay in the mix, not get squashed by the algorithm. And let me go back real quick before we roll out of here. Let's go back to what I first asked you guys at the opening of the episode. If you got anything cool on May the 4th, if you, were, if you picked up any rad deals on Star Wars gear, merch, uh, uh, accessories, artwork, uh, whatever, let me know. Hit me up. Tag me in it on social media. Uh, uh, send me an email. Send me a pic. Whatever, whatever it is you got to do. Uh, let me know. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious. There was a lot of cool stuff that hit the, hit the scene on May the 4th last week. So let me know what you snagged what is now proudly on display in your home. I want to see it. All right, Buckethead Nation. We'll be back very soon. To I, I, I'm assuming we'll cover at least the next three episodes of Star Wars Visions later this week. So keep that. Keep Make sure you, you're, you're following the podcast because it'll just pop up in your feed when it's ready to go. Don't worry about that. All right, my friends. You know this podcast can only end one way. This is the way this is the way this is the way this is the way <laughs>